Hey everybody, welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your girl, Jessie Mae Peluso, your host with the most. And sometimes, even when I don't feel like I have the most, I'm just going to act like I have the most. Seeing is believing and believing is achieving. Let's do it together, folks. And speaking of doing it together, we're doing this week's episode together. It's an OG episode with just me talking about my week and things that bother me. And I ask a question, is it worth it? Do we ever ask that in life? Like if what we're doing is worth it? And I've had to ask that about a lot of things that I'm doing in my life. And it really brought up a lot of interesting points for myself. So um, the other thing I want to tell you guys is I will be taking a one or two week hiatus while I am on vacation. I may pop in and do an episode in between my vacation, but I doubt it just because I really want to get lost in a, in a bowl of pasta while I'm in Italy. Oops, wasn't supposed to tell you that. Anyways, I hope you enjoy this episode of the Sharp Tongue Podcast with the one, the only, the very talented Jesse May. Look, well, it's not really a look because it's a podcast. I'm already fucking this up. This is kind of like a verbal comedy diary, a deep look into the crevices of my mind. It's going to get dirty. You might cry. You'll probably laugh. Hopefully you'll laugh. Talk about my dog sometimes. Each week it's something different. Sometimes I have a guest host. Sometimes it's going to be a movie companion episode. Sometimes I just ramble about the bullshit I dealt with the week before. You never know what you're going to get. It's raw, uncomfortable and funny. It's me. Okay. And we're here at the Sharp Tongue podcast that is ever evolving. It's a, it's a constant evolution as is life. And there's a lot going on for me right now. I need to put on my lipstick. You guys know I like to apply a little while we're talking just to keep it conversational. You know, I don't know why. I have this pop filter on my on my mic this week because a couple of you said I pop a little when I talk. Well, I can't help it. I'm pop. I'm a pop star. So uh, a lot is, is happening. A lot of changes, a lot of evolution. And for one, I, I want to fill you in on something at the end of the show. But for the most part, it's one of the most embarrassing stories I have involving a doctor's appointment. Well, a facialist. I'm going to go get a facial today. And it made me think about this one time that was so freaking embarrassing what I did. And I'll tell you at the end of this, at the end of this episode today, before I get into that, I want to brag, check out these lemons. (laughs) Look at these cute things. Are you kidding me? This is what happens when I'm let loose in a Marshall's Ross dress for less TJ Maxx. It really the trilogy TJ Maxx Marshall's or a home goods. I can't be trusted. I've got a couple of these uh, salt and pepper, lemon salt and pepper shakers. Do I need them? No, absolutely not. Should I buy them a hundred percent of the time? You know, when life when when Marshall's hands you lemon salt and pepper shakers, you're you win, you win, you absolutely one hundred percent win. Even though they're made in China, that's okay. I, I, I'm sure if we went against what was made in China, this podcast wouldn't happen. Right down to the pen that I'm writing with. But when life hands you lemons, that means you should get salt and pepper shakers to match from Marshall's, TJ Maxx, or Home Goods. That's that's gospel from my lips to God's ears. I'm living the greatest life, the lemon life. I I have a lot of stress. Does anyone else feel like the world is on the cusp of a of a mental breakdown? 
It feels like we're on the cusp of a worldwide mental breakdown. Is it just me? Maybe it's just me. I could be projecting all of this out into the universe right now. We're doing too much. We're doing way too much. And because of that, I decided I need to leave the country. So I'm leaving the country for a little bit. Not to Canada, not like moving because I can't stand the politics. Although I do have a new homeless man on my street and he's lucky it's not cuffing season. Cupping season? I don't even know what it's called. <laughs> what is it called? Cupping season? There, There's so much happening. I feel like I need to leave the country. So I'm going to leave the country for a little bit. And there, that doesn't mean anyone can come and rob me because I have people staying at my place. So don't even try that. Plus there's a ferocious pack of dogs that will take you down. I always feel nervous saying when I'm going, where I'm going places. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's people staying here because of that. So I, I do feel like the world is having a freaking breakdown and I am nervous about traveling because it seems like we can't go a day or two without planes colliding why are planes colliding i feel like that is something that ground control is supposed to have control of and when ground control doesn't have control of the ground planes crash so it makes me feel a little trepidatious about stepping on a plane and i hope this isn't the last podcast oh god i need a nap does anybody else need a nap Oh, there's so much happening. So I'll let you know how I feel once I get to where I'm going. But I need, I, I really need some R&R and some salt and pepper. I, I need all of the R&R. And I'm excited to go uh, and explore someplace semi-new for for a little while. And we'll, you'll see where I'm at when, I'm, when I get there. I, I just have the image of the movie Taken. Those two girls who go traveling together. And I think I'm definitely surpassed uh, the age and have surpassed the age uh, of which you are kidnappable. I don't know if they kidnap 40-year-olds. That'd be a pretty sweet market, though. We're resourceful. We offer much more. We have experience. And we know what we're doing more so than a 20-year-old. But I don't want to open up that market. I don't want to be anyone to condone that because it's horrible. What's going on in the world? But I can't help but to think about taking anytime I travel. I don't want to end up. I don't want to end up like those chicks from the movie Taken. No, I just want to have a great vacation and not stress. But alas, the struggle of a woman. Not to not to make ourselves be victims, but that's the reality. And it's even a harsher reality when you're not a part of the the community that's getting snacked. You're like, oh, I guess I've aged out of kidnapping. Great. Great. Add that to the, the pile of sadness salad that I'm eating today. I've aged out of being able to be kidnapped off the street. Well, Merry frickin' Christmas. Hallelujah. Add an extra cherry to my Sunday because I've, I've earned it. It's, it's, uh, we'll, we'll see how it is. We'll see how it goes. But um, yes, there, there's a homeless man that is on my street and that is a new development. And it's a tough scenario to discuss, I think, because I don't think we've discovered a, a really great plan as to how to solve the homeless issue and how to help those people and also get them off the streets because of 
bunch of them don't want to be in a house, you know, and here in LA, I feel we put more effort into verbiage over policy because we have a new term for how to discuss and talk about homeless people. It is not a homeless person. It's a person experiencing homelessness. Well, so am I. I don't own a home. Can I fall under that bracket? Can I get a free cell phone, free food in a tent? It's like camping. I wonder if homeless people would be happier in the wilderness. And I'm not even trying to make fun of them. I'm asking an honest question. They have all the equipment, but they're, they're laying on hard concrete. I, th- I think they'd be much happier just out in the wilderness with eagles and <laughs> chipmunks. I know I would. So every time I see a homeless person on the street, I'm like, what, what, why don't you just go camping? Maybe we should let some of the people who don't want to live in a home live in a national park. And they can maybe do cleanup and they, we can teach them some skills, some survival skills. Maybe they can give tours. I'm spitballing here. I don't know if housing people experiencing homelessness in a hotel is the way to solve it. But again, probably why I'm not in politics. I'll just stay in my freaking lane. That's what we need to do. We need to stay in our freaking lane. And speaking of lanes, my hair lane, such a rough segue, but I have, if you're watching the video, you can see that I have a lot of hair. I have a ton of hair and I I don't know where it keeps coming from. Well, obviously my, my dome, but I'm shedding. My hair's growing like crazy. So I'm going to go get my hair done. Here's a question about getting your hair done. Why does it take longer than, than oral surgery? Why, when you are getting your hair done, does it take longer than oral surgery? I don't understand. Why does my hair take five hours? I realize I have four feet of hair, but even when I had shorter hair, my hair still took four hours. I feel like open heart surgery is shorter than getting your hair done. I feel like I could have a child and experience his entire lifespan up until the point when I die and my hair still won't be done. I feel like I could plant a tree and then still attach a swing to that tree and swing from that tree before my hair gets done. I I don't understand. Why does it take so long? And that's one of the reasons why I think when women get older, they just chop all that shit off. They're like, I am sick of sitting in a chair for four hours to get some color that my husband and or wife or a significant other doesn't recognize. Can you imagine sitting in that chair for four hours and coming home and no one even knows? Well, I, I should have just went to a paintball f- game and had people hit me in the head with paintball guns and colored my hair that way. Maybe I'll try that. That could be the new way to get your hair done. I'm not looking forward to sitting in that chair for four hours. I, I'm somebody who has a hard time sitting still. Anybody else? I can't sit still. Sitting still causes me anxiety. And it's something... That when you experience that, when you experience a moment of anxiety or recognize something about yourself with certain behavioral patterns, how you feel when you feel whatever you're doing, it's a good place to stay and ask yourself why. And that's what my growth journey has been this year is to ask myself, why can't I sit still? And, And requiring myself to sit still longer so that I can find comfort through that discomfort. And I think like that's, we've talked about that before and I've discussed that before, but really growth, we know growth only happens in moments of, of discomfort. So 
sitting still is uncomfortable for me. So I meditate and that is such a great way to sort of discover why you're anxious and I have anxiety around these moments of, of quiet and calm and also to just have some awareness and in, in a practice to, to handle it. So that I say all that to say that uh, sitting on a flight to go where I'm going is going to be an, an exercise in being comfortable through the discomfort. I had a weird dream. I had a dream that I was John Lithgow's girlfriend and Richard Dreyfus was jealous. <laughs> Some of you listening are probably like, who? Some of you might not even know who I'm talking about. And I, I have no offense to John Lithgow or Richard Dreyfus. I don't find either of them attractive. Never have. Never even thought about them. I love them as actors. I see a lot of their work. I think, you know, Harry and the Hendersons is one of the greatest movies from my childhood. And what about Bob? Richard Dreyfus is Mr. Holland's opus. But... Uh, I don't know what's going on in my life that I was in a love triangle with John Lithgow and Richard Dreyfus. Do I need a break? Yeah, I'd say I need a break. I'd say my brain's like, hey, oh, you wanted to have a sex dream tonight? Well, you're not giving me a break. So here's John Lithgow and Richard Dreyfus. Have fun. Because I'm still waiting for a friggin' break. That's what happens when you don't take care of your brain. Your brain will make you have a sex dream about John Lithgow and Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> Gosh, what happened to me? I used to be a champion. Oh, and now I'm having dreams about John Lithgow and Richard Dreyfus. I just, you know, your brain has ways of telling you you need to rest. That's one of them. Um... I know everyone's been talking about, and maybe there has been since this came out, uh, revelations and more information about the submersive, the submarine, the billionaire submarine. I, I, I don't understand if, I guess, I hope that if I were to become a billionaire, I wouldn't spend my money on deep sea exploration that is controlled by an Xbox controller. I would hope that somewhere along my journey to becoming a billionaire that I realize that I have a standard now and I need to maintain that standard and I can't be in a device that is being conducted by something that 16-year-olds have their hands around. And we're not talking about a steering wheel or body parts. It's baffling to me. And I made a joke because that's what we're supposed to do. I, I think joking, aside from being a stand-up comedian, it's a part of survival. Call me crazy. I grew up in a family that joked a lot. And sure, a lot of it is deflection from experiencing and, and honoring some emotions. Sure, we all do it. It's something that's a part of history. And it's a part of being a human being. I'm, I'm not going to apologize for making jokes. I will apologize for making terrible jokes. So I said... You know, b billionaires exploring for the Titanic is that 
you know, billionaires being lost at sea exploring for the Titanic is, and I did a poll on Twitter, is it devastating or Darwinism? And it can be both, can it? Can it be both? Sure, it's devastating. Maybe we've, you know, discovered because their air has run out that they are in fact deceased and that's terrible. De- deceased. You get it like in the sea. Anywho. But then again, we have to ask about the extracurricular activities of billionaires because broke people aren't doing that. We're not getting in a submarine and going down in a vessel that looks like it was put together by some meth head fake engineer in Boca Raton. Sorry, I don't, I, I shouldn't talk about Florida like that, but the, it was a rickety machine, a rickety piece of machinery. It, 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 it was like a, not even a first draft model of something that could become anything. This looked like, um, something that a child put together. And, and, and that's, that's a discredit to children because some, some of them are really amazing innovators and engineers. So I just don't understand. I, there's no part of me. I don't even want to explore L, parts of Los Angeles. It's terrifying. And now it looks like I'm not able to go out my front door. And by the way, if you're an explorer, exploring something that's already been explored, you're not an explorer. You're just a sightseer at that point. I, you know, when I go to, you know, when people go to, to see the pyramids or the Taj Mahal or whatever, you're not exploring. You're, you're sightseeing. It's a lot different. It's just a matter that you, you spend $250,000 to go on a submarine. That's, I think you need to do some deep sea exploration on your soul because you're searching way too deep. You're searching in the wrong hole. You are searching in the wrong hole. You're going deep down into the sea when you need to go deep down into you. If you're that rich and that's your extracurricular activity, you might want to consider ayahuasca. And I haven't even done it. I know from speaking to my friends that that is a deep dive. And sometimes they even find the Titanic. They don't have to go into a submarine. They just go into their subconscious. <laughs> I hope they didn't die. I'll feel so bad. But they're probably dead. You know, they're probably dead. It's, it's a tragedy all around, but it's also Darwinism. Survival of the fittest doesn't have to do with just your physical capability, your physical fortitude. Survival of the fittest also has to do with your mental capacity, your willpower, your strength, and your ability to make decisions, and your ability to, to your, your neuroplasticity, and, and all of these problem solving, and all of that. Survival of the fittest covers a vast array of of traits in a human it's not just strength it's overall strength and if you're going in a submarine that's controlled by an atari hand <laughs> controller sayonara see you on the other side buddy send me a postcard and put it in a ziploc because it'll probably be soggy by the time it gets to me i i just i wish i'm so sorry to their family I'm more sorry that the guy's son was at a Blink-182 concert. Is that where he was, right? All the wrong... What is this? All the... <laughs> okay, now I'm being mean. 
<laughs> Say it ain't so. I will not go. See, I'm inappropriate. I'm well aware. I'm well aware that I am inappropriate. I'm not denying it. Okay. I'm just saying maybe the submarine isn't the problem. Maybe you are. And it, it, look, it's that's dumb decisions and laziness. And I'm not saying these billionaires are lazy, but there's a lot of decisions that people make on the whole spectrum of living that ha- that happens and occurs. Broke people make bad decisions and rich people make bad decisions. Hey ladies, we all know it's going to be a hot girl summer, but what kind of summer is your man going to have? If he doesn't have the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0, does he even have anything? This package has everything you need to prepare for that summer bod. Whether you're gifting it to your man or using it on your bikini line, let's keep your bushed tame with the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. Their package also includes the Weed Whacker Ear, the Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Paul Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. Did I mention this trimmer's waterproof too? Beach, lake, shower, creek, this razor will devour even the strongest of hairs. I don't care how thick those follicles are, we're going to chop right through it. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0. The Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag will be your comfort to another level. That's right. It's going to be a whole nother level of comfort, ladies and gents. And let me tell you, if you're not taking your man to get a pedicure, then he needs the Shears 2.0, a luxurious nail grooming kit. And we know sometimes those dudes like to trim their nails in the living room, let them know that's not okay outside or near the toilet are the only two places you can do that. Listen, this package is amazing. And for my listeners, you guys are going to get 20% off plus free shipping with the code SHARP. S-H-A-R-P at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code SHARP at manscaped.com. Hot girls everywhere agree it's smooth sack summer. Get your man on board before it ends. The the deal, not your relationship. And, you know, and then there's women who in the world, excuse me, who have home births. And, you know, that's a bad decision. And, I'll, and maybe I'm being judgy. I don't even have any kids. So don't don't listen to me. But it seems like a home birth is a bad decision. It seems like it's, it's a risky, risky scenario. But then again, how peaceful. It seems so peaceful and amazing. But then I think about women who make a decision to have a home birth when you could just go to the hospital. And I'm like, why don't you just go to the hospital? But then again, I get the stark environment. The, all the meds, if you're not into all those medications, and, and it, it feels antithetical to the beautiful, natural occurrence that is labor. I'm saying all this because I think sometimes people make decisions and we just don't know why, and it, it's, it's their life. Let them live their life. So maybe we shouldn't be judging these submarine dudes. Same way we shouldn't judge women who have home births. You know, and it just, I thought of that because I was doing a show in Malibu and it felt like a lot of the women in that audience had home births. I feel like that's also a luxury. It seems like something that could be expensive. Some women have home births against their will. You know, they can't get out of the house soon enough. I had a cousin who had a baby pop out and it fell down her pant leg. Baby's doing great. Cousin's doing even better. The pants did not survive. That's a true story. And... You know, it, it to me, when I was in this Malibu 
I was doing the show in Malibu. I just looked out and saw these women and I was like, oh, wow. There's a lot of home birth in this room and a lot of women who probably had home birth in like a, their own homemade aloe vera juice in, in the tub in the, in the living room, which sounds great. If I could do it, I'd do it too. If I knew what I was doing. I don't even like going out of the house that much anymore. So home birth seems like a good option. It just seems for someone like me who overthinks everything, I'd be paranoid about the what ifs. Obviously, you've got, you know, your doula and, and your oblongata nurses there to help you out. And they are used to and can sort of anticipate some of these situations that can arise. But I would, I, there's no part of me that would feel comfortable about it because I overthink everything. Just like I'm overthinking my vacation, just like I overthink most of the work I do, I would overthink the, the, this home birth situation too. And I, I, I know, I know these women were just like, I want to be home and have the baby come into the home and I want it to be born here. And I want it to just come out of my body right onto the couch and we'll start watching Netflix immediately. I wonder, you know how realtors are supposed to warn you about murders in the house? I wonder if they also should start warning us about home births. For some of us, I might be freaked out by it. It's a question for the table. You guys tell me what you think. Email me, comedy at gmail.com. It's like the opposite of a murder, but and, and it looks worse than a murder, but it's beautiful. <laughs> it's just... It's something about rich women who do nothing drive me nuts. And I'm not saying that women who have home births are the types of women who do nothing. I'm speaking about a different topic now because there was a lot of these rich women in Malibu and I just knew that they did nothing. And there's a group of women that when they get rich or they, they marry a rich guy and they use it as an excuse to continue to do nothing. And then they realize they want to do something. So they have these bullshit businesses. You know, that's why we have like, there's total stores that are just dedicated to, to cat and dog clothes. That's someone's, that's someone's wife. That's a rich man's wife or a rich woman's wife. However you want to look at it. That's a woman who's like, I want to just, I want a fashion line for ferrets. Do you, Bethany? Oh, it sounds like Greg had a good year. And Bethany's, you know, ferret fashion store opens up. Ferret fashion on Fifth Ave. And I'll be damned if it doesn't get, if it's not successful. You know, it's just a bunch of bored bitches in their businesses. We sell air. But there's no I in air because we don't believe in the self. We think ego is toxic to our water supply. So, and we also believe that the self has no place on earth or in our air. And our air is also organic and grass-fed. So it's, it's, it's free range and we let it out on the pasture for four to six hours. So come by and buy some air. Buy air. It, it, those are the types of businesses that you run into in Malibu. <laughs> Yeah, I laugh at myself. I, I entertain myself. This is part of the problem. I think part of the problem when I was a little girl is I entertained myself and I made myself laugh. And then I thought I was funny and I just started forcing people to listen to it. That's essentially what happened to me. Unfortunately, I did not have any really good overheards this week. Uh, and I asked you guys to send me some and... I didn't read any yet, so please continue to send me and I will read them for the next episode. 
if you hear anything crazy, anything overheard in your life at a Target, at a farmer's market, in your own house, something ridiculous, please send it to me. I love overheard ridiculous sentences and statements, and it started with, did Sequoia tell you about my rebirth party? Which I think I might ask Deb to cut that part out, and we can use that for this every time I talk about an overheard. We can just hear me telling you the the craziest thing I ever overheard at a farmer's market in my life. Did Sequoia tell you about my rebirth party? That girl has a home birth, for sure. And Sequoia probably is the doula. Oblongata. She's probably there. I don't even know if doula is the right word, but the, the midwife, which I, I think doulas sometimes are midwives. I could be wrong. I most likely am wrong. Did Sequoia tell you about my rebirth party? I had my rebirth party. I had a home birth rebirth party. <laughs> it was a home birth. We do have a couple news stories. Let's let's get into these. One thing that was funny to me, Reddit, Reddit is a fun place. Reddit asked, one person asked uh, people to share the wildest stories they've ever done or made for a customer. And these are servers and they deal with a lot of crazy things. And I went through and read this list and it was just ridiculous. I used to bartend, so it's similar. It's a similar line of work, the service industry. And people are, when left to their own, you know, way of being can be so absurd. And I really think this is why self-awareness is really important, especially dealing in restaurant industry, knowing how people can be. You got to have some self-awareness and realize these people serving your food are are a special kind of person. And I say that because if you're rude to them, they could really ruin your night and your meal in a way that you probably wouldn't recover from emotionally. So I just wanted to read a couple of these. Uh, I had a couple that told me to wait before I pre-bust their table so the man could lick every plate clean first. They had multiple apps and entrees between them. He licked every single one clean before I was allowed to take it. They weren't in a private booth or anything. The other guests could see this happening. To me, that feels very fetishy. It's not like you're starving and needing to lick every morsel. It feels very fetishy or some sort of pathology. It's kind of like a show on TLC, licking everything clean. Just people who lick all types of things clean. It doesn't matter what it is. It, it, it goes anywhere from a stamp being licked clean to a plate. It sounds very obsessive and strange. And by the way, why don't people say something? I think we don't say enough. I think it's okay to to call your waiter over and go, hey, hey, what's up with the basset hound Bobby over here? What's he doing? Because I'm trying to enjoy my souffle and I can't when he's sopping up your dish. So can someone talk to him? I feel like we're at that point now where we can say things like that. And so it's okay for this guy to ruin my dinner? Why? Why? It's so expensive to eat out. The last thing I want to see is some slob. And then there's this one. No one's named. The restaurants aren't named. I wish they would have named the restaurants. That would be fun to know like where this is happening. Here's another one. We had a woman send a grilled chicken salad back because it was cold. Now, see, I understand that because I want my chicken hot on the salad. I'm not, I don't like to know that you cooked it at some point in the past and it's been in the fridge chilling. I want a hot 
chicken on my cold salad. So this woman sent the grilled chicken salad back because it was cold. I understand that. So we cooked some new chicken and made sure to send it back while it was still warm. You would think the problem would be solved. She sent it back again. The entire salad wasn't hot enough for her. We microwaved her salad. She ate it. I don't know, man. (laughs) I love that. I don't know, man. Look, I I really feel like the way people eat, it's so much tangled with emotions in the past and experiences. And it's more like experiential for a person than it is a, a moment of being satiated. I think people are caught up in a lot of their weird traumas when they're eating. Maybe you'll notice that more now when you eat with somebody. Sometimes people eat with their arms around the dish because they they grew up in a household of eight kids and it was, you know, you guys had to fend for yourselves like some sort of Lord of the Flies scenario. Some people chew loudly. You'll notice it now and it'll drive you nuts and I apologize. Here's another one. Honestly, I'd say the weirdest thing was that while I was a server at a restaurant in the Royal Hawaiian, ooh, something more specific, a guest asked me to book a shark adventure tour. It had nothing to do with my job or even the hotel. Those tours were entirely separate businesses. I took his black card, went to guest services, picked up a pamphlet, and booked the trip. He tipped me $250. Totally worth it. See, now I was going to say I'm surprised that that person even got tipped because that sort of attitude of asking someone to do something for you when it's not their job feels very entitled to me. So the fact that whoever this person was tipped the the server to do that, that's pretty cool. But I wouldn't recommend going around and doing extra services for people and anticipating them to tip you for it because most people are takers and not givers. Um, let's see. This man told me he couldn't have anything that had been ground up at some point. So like anything with flour in it, not because of the gluten, but because it was made small at one point. See, now that's an emotional problem. He probably felt small his whole life and didn't like to feel small food in his mouth or to even know psychologically that the food was once something bigger and had been chopped down small because it reminded him of his mom and how she used to talk to him. This is a great... uh article and I'm going to copy and paste it and I'll put it on the the show notes if you guys want to read through. Let's do let's do one more. There's a whole bunch. Here's a short one. I had a guy send back his eggs because the outer rim didn't match the color of some planet. <laughs> okay, TLC. Hey TLC, your new show is ready for you. This was in the news a couple weeks back, I believe, but I I, I can't not I had it in my up on my uh, computer to read and just found it. And I, I don't know if anyone heard about this story. Wife bursts open husband's testicles by smashing them in her wedding in their wedding photo album after she catches him cheating. I don't see a problem. I don't see a problem. And it, it, it's a little aggressive. I will say it's, it's, it's a lot, but <laughs> a woman scorned will smash your testicles right in between the wedding photo and you cutting the cake. We're saying goodbye to the bags because you you couldn't not think with them for once. All of this love and we're going to smash it. We're going to we're going to just smash it completely. I I don't even want to think about what happens to balls when they get smashed. But damn, a woman scorned. It, some woman in Seattle, Lori Williams, thought she was in a happy marriage. Her and her husband have two kids, a dog, two cats. From all appearances, they're a happy, thriving couple. 
and Lori stays home with the kids and her husband's a realtor. It wasn't unusual for either of them to surprise themselves with a little gift or a lunch on a busy day. So I guess Lori went to surprise her husband at his showing for lunch. She went to bring him lunch. And when she got there, she, it says she pulled up to the beautiful home parked behind her husband's car and she heard chatter come from the backyard. And she took a peek and it says Yuri was face deep in what turned out to be the future homeowner's legs. And Lori didn't do anything. It says she didn't do anything right away. I think she left. She went home and she started to think about what she wanted to do for repercussions consequences and repercussions. And apparently the next morning at 2 a.m. she uh, woke up, went to the foyer where the wedding album was, the photo album. And it was, it says it was a 10 pound album. And then she uh, just did it in the middle of the night. That's how he woke up with his balls being smashed. So you really got to ask yourself, is this worth it? Is it worth it? Probably not. Put your dick back in your pants because it's not worth it. And it goes for women too. I don't think we ask that question enough. Is it worth it? And it it really depends on what worth means to you and what things have and hold worth for you. Everything we do is about worth. And we don't ask ourselves enough if what we're about to do is worth whatever the outcome is. And it goes right down to travel. Is it worth it to go on vacation? Is it worth it not to go on vacation? Is it worth it to say how I feel about what this person did or said? Is it worth it for me to go to the gym today? Is it worth it for me to buy these lemon salt and pepper shakers? And the answer is yes, every GD time. I think we need to ask ourselves more often, is it worth it? Is what we're doing worth it? I think that was a question we really ask ourselves a lot during, throughout, and even after quarantine. Is what I'm doing worth it? And I've been asking myself that a lot. And sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes the answer is I don't know. How do you know if something is worth your time? And I think, I think it comes down to how it makes you feel. How do you feel when you're doing it? How do you feel... Um, before you're doing it, when you're doing it and afterwards, because I think something's worth it. If you are struggling before you're doing it while you're doing it and afterwards you feel some sort of sense of relief, a sense of connection, a sense of accomplishment, a sense of inner calm. I think it's always worth it if that's the outcome. So I think the question is, the question is, is it worth it? And the answer is what is beyond that? And I don't think we do that enough to ask ourselves what's going to happen if we do this. Is it worth it? Well, are people going to be hurt? Sometimes people have to be hurt in order for there to be some change, in order for there to be some growth, in order for there to be an epiphany or whatever it is. And I think the most important is to make sure that whatever you're deeming worthy is because of how it makes you feel and the value it adds to your life. And it and, and not so much how you look to the world and how you're perceived. Because a lot of what we do and how we do what we do has to do with us and our image and how the rest of the, how we think people think about us. And we've learned that, in, you know, there's been these memes and, and things that say, we're, we are, we're thinking about people who are thinking about if we're thinking about them. 
It doesn't fucking matter. So I think we need to ask ourselves more often, is it worth it? And I'm going to find out from this vacation because I've been so stressed doing so much and asking myself if what I'm doing is worth it. And you guys, you know, you are amazing. The listeners and the supporters and the OG Sharp Tongue podcast fans, you guys have been so supportive and you are what make it, you guys make it worth it for me. So thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys sharing it and messaging me and telling me which episodes have helped you. I know I give you some grief content and some interesting people who are people of interest for me. And I hope that it's interesting and entertaining and even sometimes educational for you. And for my maybays out there, we talk about this. There's the, everything in life is there for a reason, a season, a lesson, or a blessing. And you got to figure that out for yourself and ask yourself, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Oh, I almost forgot about my most embarrassing facial story. So I am a big skincare fanatic and I think it has to do with my, I've always struggled with, with skin issues. My, I, it's one of the things I get from my father. You know how he's like introduce, we introduce people with the best attributes. Here's Jessie Mae. She's funny. She's a host on TV and she's a stand-up comedian. I think we should introduce people with the worst attributes. So we have some place to go from like, here's Jessie Mae. She has anxiety and three dogs and also chimples which I get from my father. Late, great Joy Peluso gave me chimples. What are chimples or chin pimples? I created the word. If you hear anybody else using it, it started right here. And so I take care of my skin and I, I do a lot to it to keep it clear and to make my, you know, make my soul shine from the inside out. Because when your skin is bad, you just feel really insecure and self-conscious. So I get facials a lot. And my my facialist is also in the same office as my dermatologist. So this, this is important to know because it's a, it's an actual dermatolo- dermatological <laughs> establishment. A, it is a professional building. For some reason, the first time I ever got my facial, because of the way the comfortable bed and the music and she had candles and she turns off the lights, it's a, like a spa experience. My mind, when I think of spa, I think of massage. And when I get a massage, I strip down. I don't know why I did this. I took off all my clothes and I got under the blanket and just laid there <laughs> naked for this facial. And I did this for like two years. <laughs> I would go in to my doctor's office. My facialist has her own room. It felt like a spa getaway. You walk in, there's yoga music and meditation music and a beautiful candle and it's dimly lit. There's a Chanel, um, soft blanket, Chanel, Chanel, Shimada, whatever you call that fabric, a blanket. I would just take off all my clothes and take out my nose ring for a facial. And I did this for like two years. And one day, finally, Ina goes, Jesse. Why do you take off all your clothes for the facial? And I'm like, I know. Why haven't you told me after all this time? I just thought it was what you did. <laughs> it's your fault. You made it too damn glorious. You made it too relaxing, Ina. This is a you problem, not a me problem. You did this to us. So, you know, I bet she asked herself, is this appointment worth it every time I walked in? Because she knew she'd have to see my bum to to get rid of my chimples. 
And I think, I hope it was worth it for her. Aina, I love you. I'm, I'm gonna go see you. I'll be seeing you in a few minutes. And for the rest of you, ask yourself, is this worth it? And I hope you have a beautiful week. I hope you find some joy this week. And I hope you don't have a mental breakdown. And that's what I hope for all of you guys. So thank you so much for listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. Share it with your friends. And have a great week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.